Psalm 37, Sermon the First, Part 1, of Exposition on the Book of Psalms, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Exposition on the Book of Psalms, Volume 2, by St. Augustine of Hippo. Psalm 37, Sermon the First, Part 1 on the first part of the psalm with terror do they hear of the coming of the last day who will not be secure by living well and who fain would live ill long but it was for useful purposes that god willed that day to remain unknown that the heart may be ever ready to expect that of which it knows it is to come but knows not when it is to come seeing however that our lord jesus christ was sent to us to be our master he said that of that day not even the son of man knew because it was not part of his office as our master that through him it should become known to us for indeed the father knoweth nothing that the son knoweth not since that is the very knowledge of the father itself which is his wisdom now his son his word is his wisdom but because it was not for our good to know that which however was known to him who came indeed to teach us though not to teach us that which it was not good for us to know he not only as a master taught us something but also as a master left something untaught for as a master he knew how both to teach us what was good for us and not to teach us what was injurious now thus according to a certain form of speech the son is said not to know what he does not teach that is according to a certain form of speech as i said in the same way that we are daily in the habit of speaking he is said not to know what he causes us not to know for we call a day joyful because it makes us joyful and a day sad because it makes us sad and we call the frost sluggish because it makes us sluggish in the same way that it is said on the contrary by the lord now i know it was said to abraham now i know that thou fearest god this god knew even before that proof of him for that trial of him was made for this reason that we might know what god already knew that what before the proof of it was known to him might be written for our instruction and perhaps even abraham himself did not yet know what was the strength of his faith for it is by being as it were put to the question by trial that each one becomes acquainted with himself just as peter at all events was ignorant of what was the real strength of his faith when he said to the lord i will be with thee unto death but the lord who knew him well having so to speak felt the pulse of his heart foretold where he would fail foreshowing to him his infirmity then it was that peter who before his trial had thought presumptuously of himself in his trial learned to know himself and so therefore we not unreasonably suppose our father abraham also to have discovered the strength of his faith when being commanded to sacrifice his only son 
he neither hesitated nor shrunk from offering him up to him who had given him because as he knew not whence he was going to give him that son when not as yet born so he believed that when sacrificed he could replace him therefore god said now i know which we understand now i have made thee to know according to the expressions which we have quoted of a sluggish frost because it makes sluggish and a joyful day because it makes joyful thence is that saying the lord your god proveth you to know whether ye love him for surely you will be attributing to the lord our god the supreme the very god great ignorance which however you will perceive to be sacrilegious if you were to understand the lord your god proveth you as if he being before in ignorance were gaining knowledge from the trial of us but what is meant by he proveth you that he may know he proveth you that he may cause you to know receive therefore a principle of interpretation from the contrary of the present subject and just as when you hear god say i know you understand by it have caused you to know so also when you hear it said of the son of man that is to say of christ that he knoweth not that day understand it to be meant that he causes us not to know it now what is meant by causes us not to know it conceals it so that what is not profitable for us to have told be not communicated this is what i said of a good master knowing what to communicate what to keep back as we read that some things he postponed whence we learn that not everything is to be communicated which they to whom it is communicated cannot bear for in another place he says i have many things to say unto you but ye cannot bear them now the apostle also says i could not speak unto you as unto spiritual but unto carnal as unto babes in christ i have fed you with milk and not with meat for hitherto ye were not able neither yet now are ye able what is the purport of this discourse that since we know that the last day will come but while for our profit we know that it is to come are for our profit also ignorant of the time when it is to come we may keep our heart in readiness for it by living well and may not only not fear that day's coming but may even desire it seeing that day as it increases the misery of the unbelieving so it ends that of the faithful which now of these two thou wilt choose to do is now indeed before it comes in thine own power when it shall have come will not be so choose therefore whilst there is time for that which god mercifully conceals he mercifully postpones also now that in every sort of life that hath any kind of professed object not all are found good not all are reprobates appears from this that of certain classes of persons which we have just now heard set forth in the gospel by comparisons it is thus concluded one shall be taken and one shall be left the good shall be taken 
the bad shall be left two men are seen in the field the profession is the same but their hearts not the same the profession is visible to men the heart is known to god whatsoever therefore the field signifies one shall be taken and one shall be left not as if half of it was to be taken and half left but it speaks of two classes of persons and if one of those comprises many persons the other but few yet one shall be taken and one shall be left that is the one class shall be taken and the other shall be left so shall it be in the bed so in the mill perhaps you are anxious to know what these things mean you see that they are wrapped up and enveloped as it were in comparisons now it may seem to me to be one thing to another something else but neither do i by what i say forbid any other person to receive a better explanation nor let him object to my receiving both if both are reconcilable with the faith for to me it seems that those who bear rule over the church are labouring in the field as the apostle saith ye are god's husbandry ye are god's building for he calls himself both a master builder when he says as a wise master builder i have laid the foundation and also a husbandman when he says i have planted apollos watered but god gave the increase in the mill then he spake of two women not two men i suppose because this comparison relates to the laity because the rulers govern the laity are governed and i think that by that mill is meant the world because it revolves on the wheel of the times so to speak and because it crushes those who love it there are then some who do not withdraw from secular business but yet in this too some do well others ill some make to themselves friends of the mammon of unrighteousness by whom they may be received into everlasting habitations to whom it is said i was in hungered and ye gave me meat some neglect those things to whom it is said i was in hungered and ye gave me no meat therefore because of those who are engaged in the business and the labours of this world there are some that love to do good to the needy some that neglect it as of two women in the mill the one shall be taken and the other left now the bed i believe to be put for rest because there are those who will neither submit to worldly business as there are men living in wedlock having houses households children nor do anything in the church like those who being set over others labour therein as in the field but as if too feeble to perform these duties betake themselves to retirement and love to be in quiet not venturing on great undertakings as being mindful of their infirmity and in a certain way entreating god on the bed of their infirmity and that profession too hath good men hath also hypocrites wherefore of these also one shall be taken the other left for to whatsoever profession you turn prepare yourself to bear with hypocrites otherwise if you do not prepare yourself you will find that which you did not expect 
and will fall away or be offended at it he therefore would prepare thee against all contingencies who speaks to thee now that it is the time both for him to speak and not yet the time to judge and for them to hear and not yet to repent in vain for now repentance is not in vain then it will be in vain for it is not that men will not repent them then of having lived ill but that god's righteousness may by no means restore to them what they by their own unrighteousness have forfeited for it is a righteous thing with god to show mercy now and then to execute justice therefore it is that it is declared now is it not declared let every one contradict me let every one murmur dissent if this scripture is not read and is not sung all over the world if it ceases even to be circulated for sale through the whole community but in truth this it is that disturbs you who are a christian that you see men of bad lives prospering and surrounded with abundance of things like these you see them sound in health distinguished with proud honours you see their family unvisited by misfortune the happiness of their relatives the obsequious attendance of their dependents their most commanding influence their life uninterrupted by any sad event you see their characters most profligate their external resources most affluent and your heart says that there is no divine judgment that all things are carried to and fro by accidents and blown about in disorderly and irregular motions for if god thou sayest regarded human affairs would his iniquity flourish and my innocence suffer every sickness of the soul hath in scripture its proper remedy let him then whose sickness is of that kind that he says in his heart things like these let him drink this psalm by way of potion what is the matter what aileth thee let us once more consider what you were saying what was i saying you say what but what you yourself see the wicked flourish the good suffer how can it be that god sees these things take and drink this he concerning whom thou utterest those murmurs hath himself mingled that potion for thee only do not thou reject that most wholesome cup apply to it the lips of the heart by lending thine ears and drink what thou hearest verse one be not envious because of evildoers neither be envious against the workers of iniquity verse two for they shall soon wither like the grass and shall fade like the herbs of the meadow that which to thee seemeth long is soon in the sight of god conform thou thyself to god and it will be soon to thee that which he here calls grass that we understand by the herbs of the meadow they are some worthless things occupying the surface only of the ground they have no depth of root in the winter then they are green but when the summer sun shall begin to scorch they will wither away for now it is the season of winter thy glory doth not as yet appear but if thy love hath but a deep root like that of many trees during winter the frost passes away 
the summer that is the day of judgment will come then will the greenness of the grass wither away then will the glory of the trees appear for ye saith the apostle are dead even as trees seem to be in winter as it were dead as it were withered what is our hope then if we are dead the root is within where our root is there is our life also for there our love is fixed and your life is hid with christ in god when shall he wither who is thus rooted when will our spring be when our summer when will the honour of foliage clothe us around and the fullness of fruit make us rich when shall this come to pass hear what follows when christ who is our life shall appear then shall ye also appear with him in glory and what then shall we do now be not envious because of the evil-doers neither be envious against the workers of iniquity for they shall soon wither like the grass and fade like the herb of the meadow what shouldst thou do then verse three trust in the lord for they too trust but not in the lord their hope is perishable their hope is short-lived frail fleeting transitory baseless trust thou in the lord behold thou sayest i do trust what am i to do and do good do not do that evil which thou beholdest in those men who are prosperous in wickedness do good and dwell in the land lest haply thou shouldst be doing good without dwelling in the land for it is the church that is the lord's land it is her whom he the father the tiller of it waters and cultivates for there are many that as it were do good works but yet in that they do not dwell in the land they do not belong to the husbandman therefore do thou thy good not outside of the land but do thou dwell in the land and what shall i have and thou shalt be fed in its riches what are the riches of that land her riches are her lord her riches are her god he it is to whom it is said the lord is the portion of mine inheritance and of my cup in a late discourse we suggested to you dearly beloved that god is our possession and that we are at the same time god's possession hear how that he is himself the riches of that land verse four delight thyself in the lord as if thou hadst put the question and had said show me the riches of that land in which thou biddest me dwell he says delight thyself in the lord and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart understand in their proper signification the desires of thine heart distinguish the desires of thine heart from the desires of thy flesh distinguish as much as thou canst it is not without a meaning that it is said in a certain psalm god is the strength of mine heart for there it says in what follows and god is my portion for ever for instance one labours under bodily blindness 
he asks that he may receive his sight let him ask it for god does that too and gives those blessings also but these things are asked for even by the wicked this is a desire of the flesh one is sick and prays to be made sound from the point of death he is restored to health that too is a desire of the flesh as are all of such a kind what is the desire of the heart as the desire of the flesh is to wish to have one's eyesight restored to enable him that is to see that light which can be seen by such eyes so the desire of the heart relates to a different sort of light for blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see god delight thou thyself in the lord and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart end of psalm thirty seven sermon the first part one